Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that everyone's week is going great. What's new with me? I'm doing okay. My week is going kind of slowly, honestly. I feel like it has been a very long week, but you know what? We're making it through. This past weekend was very fun. I went to my boyfriend's alumni weekend and it was just kind of fun to do something different, get out of the city, Although I will say we have been getting out of the city a fair amount recently and I kind of would like to just be in one place. I feel like every time I talk to you guys, I'm like, yes, we're finally back in Chicago. And then I go somewhere random for the weekend, but that's okay. I'm very happy that I was able to go. And while this weekend I was supposed to go to LA to then go to Palm Springs, I think I told you guys this, but I was planning on going to Coachella weekend one this year. I had tickets, but it ended up not working out kind of a hassle honestly to have these tickets like i mentioned on last week's episode a lot of unpredictable things have been happening in my life lately so because of that it makes it hard to have tickets for something so far in advance when so much is changing so i ended up selling those tickets and from this experience i have to say i don't think i'm ever gonna buy coachella tickets on the site anymore because it is such a hassle to try to sell your tickets I feel like so many people were trying to sell this year because Coachella hasn't happened since 2019. So everyone that bought tickets for the 2020 year also had their tickets that were being honored for this year. So it was just a lot of people trying to sell at the same time. I did lose some money on them, but honestly, I'm just happy that I was able to sell them at all. So not saying I'm never going to go to that festival ever again. But if I do, I will probably do what I've done in the past, which is just buy from somebody else that already has tickets. I don't know why I thought that buying from the website was going to be a good idea. It just makes it so definite, you know, and it's so far in advance. Like I said, very hard to plan for something like that, especially when you're no longer in the same state that it's happening. And that's really all that's new with me. One less travel location. Now let's get right into what's hot this week. Something exciting popped up on the Instagram feed this week, and that was from Vogue. They announced the Met Gala 2022 dress code. Now, if any of you guys love fashion as much as I do, or even just a little bit, the Met Gala is a huge event that happens every year. It's a staple event in fashion. Vogue.com writes, At the bottom of the Met Gala invitations sent every spring is an inscription small in size, but vital in importance, the dress code. In 2020, for camp notes of fashion, it was studied triviality. In 2021, for in America, a lexicon of fashion, it was American independence. And come May 2nd, 2022, for in America, an anthology of fashion, it will be gilded glamour, white tie. The 2022 Met Gala will ask its attendees to embody the grandeur and perhaps the dichotomy of Gilded Age New York. The period which stretched from 1870 to 1890, Mark Twain is credited with coining the term in 1873, was one of unprecedented prosperity, cultural change, and industrialization when both skyscrapers and fortunes seemingly arose overnight. Vogue goes on to talk about some of the great history pinpoints of this era. And then they also talk through some of the staples in fashion. They write, For the upper echelon, fashion during that period was one of excess. Thanks to recent innovations of electric and steam-powered looms, fabric became faster and cheaper to produce. 
As a result, women's dresses often featured a combination of many textiles, like satin, silk, velvet, and fringe, all adorned with over-the-top textures, like lace, bows, frills, and ruffles. The unofficial etiquette? The more going on, the better. Colors were rich and deep jewel tones. Lighter colors were only worn only at home, and they were impractical while walking in the streets of New York. Hats were a necessity when going out, and often were adorned with feathers. Corsets were commonplace, and in the 1870s to late 1880s, women embraced bustles to elongate their backside. By the 1890s, however, they faded out of fashion, replaced by mutton sleeves, bell-shaped skirts, and pompadour hairstyles. That's not to say that all gilded fashion was formal, as leisure activities like bicycling and tennis became popular among the well-heeled set, sportswear for the first time became an integral part of one's wardrobe. Many women adopted a shirtwaist ensemble, or a long skirt paired with a feminine blouse, which allowed for easier movement. However, parties, balls, and soirees brought out the most extravagant style this country has ever seen. Vogue notes that for the opera, women put on tulle dresses exposing their décolletage, opulent fur-lined cloaks, and elbow-length gloves, while men donned top hats. The 1880s also saw the arrival of the tuxedo in America. Vogue closes the announcement with a quote from Edith Wharton's The Age of Innocence about the endlessly ethereal Countess Olenska. Everything about her shimmered and glimmered softly, as if her dress had been woven out of candle beams, and she carried her head high, like a pretty woman challenging a room full of rivals. So there you guys go. The dress code is out. It is gilded glamour. I'm so excited to see this. I feel like it is going to be beautifully done. Some of these themes I think are a bit harder to do, but I am sure that so many people are just going to knock this one right out of the park. I imagine it is going to be visually stunning. I can't wait to see who my favorites are for that night, and we don't have to wait that long because May 2nd is fast approaching. Alright guys, next up on What's Hot is about a family that very often attends the Met Gala and have worn some staple looks that will definitely go down in fashion history. The family that I'm talking about is the Kardashians. Today's the day, if you guys don't know already, announcement for you right now, the Kardashians' new show, which is on Hulu, is premiering today. And E! News is letting us know about everything that they know about the Kardashians' new show. I'll read you guys some of the questions highlighted in this article. Is Pete Davidson showing up? Everyone is witnessing Kim and Pete's relationship unfolding. Is he going to be on our screen in this new show? E! News writes, In the trailer for the Kardashians, Pete doesn't appear, at least physically. In a candid moment in between confessional takes, however, Kim is seen texting and somebody off-camera asks, Who are you texting, Kim? Does his name rhyme with feet? The trailer does promise to show footage of Kim's Saturday Night Live hosting debut on October 9th, which will probably provide at least a peek of Pete. Whether Pete actually shows up or not, Kim told Variety that the series will depict how we met and who reached out to who and how it appeared and all the details that everyone wants to know, 
I'm definitely open to talking, and I definitely explain it. Another question people have, how will the show address Kanye? E! News writes that in a March 9th interview with Variety, Kim confirms that Kanye would appear. Quote, I do think it's important that people see that things aren't perfect all the time, she said, but they can get better. Another question, will we see the downfall of Chloe and Tristan? In the trailer, the two are seen sitting on a couch with Chloe telling Tristan, trust takes time. How much Kravis can you handle? Enu says that in the trailer, Courtney says, Travis and I want a baby. There are even hints that the show will give us a look at how Travis proposed to Courtney last October. As for Scott Disick, is he still around? Yes is the answer. He was in the trailer. He's going to be in the series. What would a Kardashian show be without Scott Disick, you guys? Some more insight. Kylie's pregnancy journey will be discussed, and she will be talking about motherhood on the show. And a final question that E! News answers for us, is it the end of the road for Caitlyn? They write, Caitlyn Jenner, who appeared extensively on Keeping Up With The Kardashians, will not be appearing on the Hulu show. When the news of the series broke, she sent well wishes. She tweeted on March 10th, I was there when this started from day one. I watched it grow, and doing the show for almost 20 series was one of the highlights of my life. To be able to work with my family for all those years, connected with the fans, it was incredible. Happy that it continues for my family. However, she expressed disappointment that she wouldn't be joining the festivities. In a second tweet, she wrote, Of course, at the same time, it is unfortunate to not be given the opportunity to continue with the show. With that said, I cannot emphasize enough how happy I am for my family that it continues. Yikes, a little salty there, but I think that there were a lot of bridges burnt between those relationships, so not entirely surprised. That's the info that we have on the show. If you guys want to watch it, again, it premieres today on Hulu. I definitely will check it out. I want to see how it compares to their past show. I want to see if there's anything that different, because in my mind, it's not going to be that different from Keeping Up With The Kardashians. But who knows, maybe I will be proven wrong. Maybe we will get to see even more insight into their lives. I feel like they shared a lot, but they also held back a lot, which I can't even imagine having my life be as public as their lives are. So to even share a portion of it on TV, I think would be very challenging. But they did sign up for it, and that is the whole concept of the show. I do think that one of the hardest things watching, though, is that because they are so involved on social media in the public eye, a lot of the stuff that we see from them on TV, at least this is how it was with Keeping Up With The Kardashians, it was from the past. You know, like different relationships or milestones in their life or any drama that's happened. Likely, if you are watching their show, you also probably follow at least one or two of their social media accounts. So you probably already saw that information in real time when it came out. So I think that is a challenge with doing a reality show about your life when it can't air in real time. Maybe now that it's on a streamer, we will get the information sooner, but I kind of doubt it. It's never going to be as fast as an Instagram post. So we'll see how it is. Maybe they will go so much more in-depth about their lives than they do on their social media accounts that it won't even matter. You're going to want to see the show to get the full picture of it all. But time will tell. Their last show was very successful for many, many years. Then it kind of died out. Then I feel like people started watching it again, and they became extraordinarily relevant again and now they're moving to Hulu. I will, of course, let you guys know my initial thoughts once I watch it. That's it for what's hot. 
let's get right in to what's good. I have a show this week to talk to you guys about, and this show is one that I talked about in the What's Hot section a couple weeks ago. I mentioned that it was coming out, now it's out, and now I'm recommending it because I absolutely love it. This show is The Girl from Plainville. Disclaimer, this show does have to do with some very heavy topics, suicide, mental health, and it is based on a true story, so just want to put that out there before I read the summary, but here it is. The true story of Michelle Carter's texting suicide case, exploring her relationship with Conrad Roy III and the events leading up to his death, and later, her conviction of involuntary manslaughter. I think that Elle Fanning is doing such a great job. She also looks so much like the real Michelle Carter, it's kind of scary. And I also think the mom, played by Chloe Sevigny, is so good. You guys know the true crime drama is one that I really cannot get away from. It's so interesting to watch, especially knowing that these events did play out in real life. Obviously, it is fictionalized. There are dramatic aspects to it. Watching it, knowing that though, and taking all of the elements with a grain of salt, knowing that it's not all true, but then doing your research after and figuring out what is true from the story. I remember when this was in the news, and it is not at all surprising to me that it turned into a miniseries, because the story is wild. This is another eight-episode series. The fifth episode came out on Tuesday, so we have three more to go. If you guys want to watch, it's on Hulu. Again, make sure you know before you go into it that it is dealing with very, very heavy topics. Alright guys, next up for what's good are two things that are technically the same item, but wildly different. And here's why. The first one is a full-length mirror that is 100% one of the best mirrors I've ever had in my entire life. I don't know if I shared with you guys the other full-length mirror that I got. I think that I did. It's an arched mirror. It's gold. It's really pretty for the aesthetic of it all if it's very nice in a room. But this mirror that I'm suggesting to you guys now is the mirror that everybody needs in their life. It makes you look so good. It's a really nice size. It's just all around perfect. Specifically why I got it is because I wanted to make our space look even bigger. I personally really like the look of mirrors in living rooms. I feel like it just really opens it up and depending on where you place the mirror, it can accent one of the best parts of your space. So for us, I put it in a spot that reflects our view, which is one of the best parts of our apartment. So I wanted to make sure that it highlighted that and I just love how it looks. So this mirror is called the Casalondo Full Length Mirror. I got the size 65 inches by 24 inches. I got the black frame. It's square. It looks very chic. It fits with everything. It's a thin frame too, which I really, really like because that means that the majority of the mirror is actually a mirror. It also has a stand, so if you don't want to put it on your wall to mount it, you don't have to, but it also has that option if you do want to put it on the wall. So all around, it's just perfect. It has all the capabilities that you would need a mirror to have and so much more. I promise you guys it is so worth it if you're looking for a mirror, even if you're not looking but you need some inspiration for your apartment or your house, buy this mirror, thank me later. You can buy it on Amazon and a couple other websites have it as well. Just type in Casalondo full length mirror 65 by 24 and you'll find the one I'm talking about. 
Now, for the other product that I was talking about that has some similarities, is another mirror, but that's really the only thing that's similar about it. This mirror is actually more like three mirrors. It is a compilation of three tiny mirrors. One that's square, one that's a rectangle that goes vertically, and then one that's a rectangle that goes horizontally and is a little bit thicker. These three mirrors are from Urban Outfitters. They're so dainty. They have gold rims and they have a little gold chain at the top where it hangs from your wall. They look so adorable side by side. You can buy them individually, but personally, I wanted to buy all three because I think the compilation looks better than them on their own. This is another one where it's functional and it's adorable. I really bought them for the decor aspect of it. But at the end of the day, they are also mirrors, so a very nice thing to have. This idea in general I think is really beautiful for a space, just putting tiny mirrors together on a wall and making your own kind of decor out of it. I think it's really nice, and again, makes the space a little bit bigger. Alright guys, those were my mirrored items. Last up for what's good, your songs. To this week, Robbers by the 1975 and Let's Fall in Love for the Night by Phineas. Both of them, Say It With Me Now, are on Typically Peachy, What's Good playlist on Spotify. Alright guys, rounding out this podcast and staying partly on theme with that What's Good section is Need to Know Basis. This week, I'm talking about reflections. I know that in multiple points of the year, we kind of go back, we reflect on things, especially the traditional ones like the year ending, a new year starting, a birthday, any big life change like that. So for me, there is an event that led me to this reflection. Next week, April 22nd, will have been two years since I launched the website that started Typically Peachy. Now, I have really not kept up with the website at all, but I do like thinking back on that date because it really was a starting point of me doing something for me. I've talked about this before, but at that time, I was very frustrated by not having a project that I could call my own that I genuinely loved. My job was really taxing, I felt drained, I felt burnt out, and I felt like I didn't have anything that I truly loved to do on the day-to-day. So I created the website, and trickle effect, trickle effect, trickle effect, it ended up as a podcast. But thinking back on that, knowing that that date is coming up again, it made me want to take a moment to remind myself to reflect and kind of look at what I've done and think about what I want to keep doing the same and what I want to change. Truthfully, I have been so focused on doing something that I love rather than trying to grow what I've done that I think it's prevented me from changing what I'm doing or starting anything new. Once you get into a rhythm or routine, it's really hard to alter that but I think I need to be realistic with myself about things that I want and how to tangibly get there. And I don't even really know how to manage making any sort of change or addition right now because I do have so much going on, but maybe it's just realistic baby steps and timelines that I need to do for myself. I think I need to hold myself accountable and start making those tangible, realistic goals. And guys, even saying this out loud kind of sounds intimidating to me because I don't know where all the time is to do my work and passion projects and have free time in life, but that's what reflection is all about. Looking in the mirror, figuring out what you want, what you want to be, 
what's most important to prioritize for you right now, which very well could change as soon as tomorrow, and I fully recognize that. I just think that I need to do some initial steps. If you guys are in the same boat as me with a passion project you're working on or your job or your personal self-reflections or anything else in your life, I guess go on the same journey as me. Look at what you have, take little steps to figure out what you want, and try to get closer and closer to mirroring what you see in front of you to what you want. That's my plan anyway. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Have a great weekend, an amazing rest of your week. Say something nice to a stranger. Reflect on what you've been accomplishing and what you want to accomplish. Be what you want to see. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 